0: Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast with your host Charles Cantu, CEO of Reset Digital. I'm Mike Berberich, Director of Marketing Futures and the producer of this podcast. Today we're tackling the subject of programmatic technology, which has fundamentally changed the way we connect with consumers online, yet remains a mystery to many marketers. Who better to help shed some light on the subject than Matt Sweeney, North American CEO of Zaxxis, the largest programmatic platform on the planet. Matt discussed what he believes are some misconceptions about programmatic, laid out the extra steps Zaxxis takes to ensure brand safety and viewability, and shared what he thinks players in the digital supply chain could be doing to be better partners to brands
1: maybe, Matt, it would be helpful to to tell a little bit about yourself just as an intro, um, who you are, where you've been, and what brought you to Zaxxed?
2: Yeah, so um, my my background is in media, mostly B2B uh, and and technology media. I came up through the ranks mostly at Ziv Davis and IDG, uh, where I led Macworld Magazine and then Computer World and InfoWorld. So my, my background is B2B tech media, it was a great place to be simply because the audiences, IT folks, were online looking for information. and Marketers were there uh, trying to engage with them. And, and that got me into digital and data-driven media. And I wanted to sort of uh, experience the best of programmatic and uh, the best place to have done that when I was looking around about five years ago was definitely at Zaxxis.
1: And I know you and I, Matt, have had several conversations around this, but it would be great if you could just tell some marketers what some of the biggest misconceptions that they may have about the digital media supply chain in general and and how money is spent.
2: Well, I think, I mean, what what tends to make the headlines are when there's some sort of fraud or brand safety, you know, sort of crisis, right? We're a, a big brand... A uh, large marketers got scale and spends a lot uh, where one of their ads show up in a place that's not suitable or is not brand safe or is somehow detected to have been spent against fraud. And, mm-hmm. and that, by the way, that sort of news and information should absolutely make its way forward. It does create, though, this anxiety in the marketplace because there's not enough understanding of how at least the uh, the professional purveyors of programmatic media that work with big brands and, are, and big agencies who are looking to have long-term mutually beneficial relationships. They're not in it for a quick buck over the course of a three- or six-month period, but who've got a lot to lose if they didn't address some of those issues and invest uh, not just in technology but in people to ensure that Uh, The inventory that they are securing and the audiences they are modeling and developing for clients are uh, the right folks being respectively uh, served ads on brand safe environments where they're viewable, Uh, there's some context, and where and when they're most likely to engage. You know, we're constantly looking for either new tech or new ways, and always sort of tweaking our process to make sure. That we're never in a headline, uh, you know, uh, an ad exchanger, or at a you know a, a conference uh, s- a speech at A and That's good fodder for something that I, I guess I didn't kind of
1: plan on talking about, but it would be good for you to be able to share kind of the history of the technology behind Zacksit, because you know what we're talking about is a couple of things curation of publishers, but it's also just the underlying tech. From, from my understanding, M made a very long time ago a very significant investment in that technology that you are now iterating on.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's been sort of well-documented, the, the acquisitions that WPP made that in, in, in many ways were the foundation of Zaxis, the 24-7 acquisition. Um, And it was a combination of technology, but also people. And I think sometimes it gets lost in the programmatic spaces. We think there's just an easy button, you know, something you press where the technology takes over. But it takes a lot of really smart, aligned people across a bunch of different functional areas to uh, bring advantage to marketers uh, across programmatic channels. But yeah, Zaxxas, you know, was, the first programmatic media organization that I think uh, you know created, developed on its own, the first buy-side DMP. We called it Turbine. Uh, that technology, with continued investment, has turned into uh, M Platform, um, a product called M Insights. Um, and we've continued to not just invest in the tech. Uh, we've now got a data optimization platform that leverages. Um AI and machine learning called copilot, but it's also the people that can put the process around those kind of tools to understand what a client's objectives are, what access to data they have, where maybe some of their blind spots are, helping them understand and figure out how do we measure what matters versus a traditional KPI that's not necessarily a proxy for either revenue or Brand preference. I'm talking about the traditional click-through rates and you know cost per landing page stuff. Um, so so we, we continue to invest in the tech, but just as important is is the uh, the people. What is what is AXS doing
1: now to making sure um, that they're that their advertisers and marketers are reaching humans as opposed to bots?
2: We start with some basics, right? So we've got a Zaxxis whitelist. Um, we're basically we've curated about 900 of the largest sites on the internet that give us access, access to about 85% of all the folks in the United States that are accessing the internet. And that curation is a 13-step process. Uh, it involves technology where we actually classify the inventory, leveraging either IAS or Proximic, sometimes AppNexus technology. Uh, we all then, we have a supply team that actually does a manual audit our supply team makes sure that they can verify a domain creation date for a site that's going to be on our whitelist. The About Us page is clearly labeled and accessible. Contact page with a verifiable mailing address is also there. Privacy notice so people understand. Data collection. Uh, we need like to further make sure that the content has been refreshed and that the articles are recent, uh, that the ads and the content render properly, right? And when you click on an ad or on content, It throughs properly. We make sure there are not too many ads on a page. Clutter is a big deal. It's an easy way for publishers to increase the you know their inventory, and and then we just make sure you know the user experience is one in which the the supply team feels doesn't uh, the content doesn't get in the way with the user navigation. Uh, Once it passes that internal audit, you know we we then use some of the technology within the DSP to make sure that it is fraud free, and we actually do a lot around real-time protection, right? So making sure that those pre-bid segments uh, in our DSPs that we scored are are scored on an individual basis, again, leveraging technology from the likes of Comscore IAS and DoubleVerify. And and what we're doing there with that technology is, you know, they they then pre-bid are looking for suspicious activity and custom keywords that we want to stay away from very often with news and then there's certain categories we, we try to stay away from because we, they're just too difficult to, you know, to, to keep a close enough eye on. And, and some of those are around gaming.
1: What is Zach's philosophy on
2: arbitrage? Yeah, so um, we, don't, we don't think it's a, a long-term play in the marketplace. I think you'll, anybody that's, you know, whose business model is based on arbitrage is either out of the business or going out of the business. Our, our, there, are, there are benefits and trade-offs with our model. And it's not something we should shy away from. Uh, the, the, the fact is um, many, many marketers, they all want transparency. And we yeah. provide transparency to our marketing partners. And transparency means number of impressions we're buying per site. You know what platforms we're using to access those impressions. You know what data um, we are leveraging to, to model and to uh, target and optimize. You know, you know what brand safety requirements we're, 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 uh, uh, we have in play. You know, what we're doing is we just talked about some of the manual work just on supply chain. All of those things are transparent to all the marketers that work with Axis. What we can't do contractually is disclose our prices because we take up front deals around data and around tech and around media where we know there are advantages for our marketing partners. And we do that for the benefit of all of them, and I can't break out those prices individually. There are also prices that many of these companies don't want to share with the rest of the market, so contractually I can't talk about. But there, there are many benefits in a bundled programmatic media model. One of them is that you, uh, you've got a team of folks dedicated to your business And they're agile. In other words, we're able to flex in and out some of the most talented people in the industry across things like creative services and data engineering and and analytics, deep analytics work and DMPs. Ad serving, we can bring in some of the best and brightest, um, as well as um, custom content and custom creative when it matters to the advertisers. You don't have to staff those folks up in advance in an FTE model. Um, so, you know, there's a benefit there to have an agile team that works on your business uh, when you need it most. So, yeah. access to specialists and then the, the, the pace at which uh, we work, you know, it also allows you to work on an IO basis. So, you're not committing to hiring a staff for several years. And those are advantages. What is Zaxxis
1: doing to improve marketers' understanding of digital advertising?
2: I don't think the industry is doing, doing enough, and I don't think Zaxis is doing enough. But what we are leaning into, again, is to, is to get back to, to transparency. When clients, you know, CMO gets a call from somebody that says, BuzzFeed just you know published an article about ad fraud and against companies buying legitimate apps from the Google App Store, and then sort of mimicking that traffic using bots so that the folks on those apps the fraudulent traffic looks just like normal traffic, and you know people are getting ripped off for, for hundreds of millions of dollars, the first thing the CMO wants to know from their agency and from their programmatic partners, like, please tell me that's not me. And then the second thing they're saying is, okay, what is this? How do you make sure that this doesn't happen? And prove to me, show me the process you have in place to make sure this doesn't happen. And more importantly, like, what are you doing to sort of future-proof against fraud? And, and, I want to be clear because you know, the the bad guys in the space are really, really good. Right. And they've got incredible tech chops. You have to be diligent and focused, but most importantly, you have to invest in this. And in our position as part of Group M, where we work so collaboratively with the agencies, the programmatic spend, while growing in a larger part of the overall marketers' advertising budget is still you know smaller than broadcast, and smaller than cable and smaller than some of the other traditional channels so if zaxus doesn't do it right we jeopardize that business across all channels for the marketer that's a lot at risk and we take that position and that trust we have with our partners um very very seriously
1: Now, I think the universe, marketers especially, would love to hear your feelings on you know, what each component in our, in our ecosystem could be doing better, you know, from agencies to DMPs, you know, on an individual level. I know that's a lot to chew on, but I, but I think you have some
2: ideas. So I, I always, you know, um, we, we preach empathy. You know, one of the things we talk about across the organization is empathy put yourself in the shoes of your agency partner and your end client. Really, really difficult jobs in a challenging dynamic marketplace where they have so much data coming at them that they don't know what to do sometimes, right? So you sort of do what you've always done, which are those traditional KPIs. What I think is interesting and exciting um, is that there, there are many marketers out there now who are saying, Measuring towards those traditional KPIs, click through rate, cost per completed view, and cost per visit, Um, we got to do better than that. The promise of digital marketing has always been for a more engaging, personalized communication with a customer or prospect. And we've got to deliver on that. And so I think that that's where we are. We're still, you know, middle of the middle of the game. But the reality is, those marketers are trying to figure out how do they connect all those marketing channels to make each one more effective. Um, how do they find audiences with insights that help them understand key moments and, and how customers behave within those key moments. And then how do they leverage data, not just their first-party data, but other data sets and the analytics from that data. To have more meaningful engagements, and and when they're doing that, that's where they start developing multivariate KPIs, what we're calling custom outcome indicators. Right? What are those two or three, three or four things that are done in a sequence that lead to revenue? And what's changed on our side of the business is the folks that we used to consider. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this maybe, but, but see, back office, right? Five years ago, the analytics team were, were sort of in the back, crunching numbers. The trading team was off to the side doing their things in platforms and, and doing a tremendous amount of training. But, you know, the data engineering team was sort of in the back working on sort of pipes and connections. And those folks, those folks who are really data and analytics driven, are the folks who are front and center now in conversations we're having with clients. Now. The last time you and
1: I sat down, um, we had an interesting conversation around you know, diversity and inclusion. And um, I would love to, you know, after not too long ago, having spent some good times in Miami with the ANA and AIM around, you know, some of the topics, I, I would love to, to get your feel on you know, what you're doing around diversity and inclusion, both internally and then with, you know, some of the
2: publishers and vendors they work Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the first things first, it's good for business. Having a diverse um, and being an inclusive culture and an environment for people to work, a welcoming place for people across um, all walks of life with different belief systems is good for business because guess what? Our marketing partners and their agencies are trying to sell to everybody. Not just a subset of the of the United States, so it's really really good for business. And I think also, you know, we've got a ways to go. But our recruiters, the folks that go out and look are, are, are for talent at Zaxus, we've established guidelines when we go out and try to you know bring new people on board. Have we met a, a, a fair approximation of the general demographics of our country? When looking to fill this role right what's the ratio of male to female Were diverse candidates brought forward the other thing we're doing and i'm really proud of this and i wish i wish this was my idea um the best ideas at Zacks always come from you know other parts of the organization uh, these are like some of the youngest people in the company they created a working group within the company and we asked them how do we identify new hires at Zacks? how do we go out and Find people, and there are a bunch of different ways to do it. But once you find those people, how do we make sure that when they're being interviewed, they're being interviewed from people who also have a different uh, outlook, maybe or a different belief? In other words, it doesn't come down to one hiring manager talking to someone that runs a functional team, going, "Yeah, I like this person the best. The resume looks good, and you know they came into the they came into the meeting and they were prepared." It's like, how do we get other folks. So it, 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 we have now several people that interview candidates, and the idea is to get some of the newer, younger employees, or uh, that represent some of the uh, different demographics, to interview their, these people as well. Um, that, those are all the internal things we're doing, and we have a ways to go. But I t- compared compared a couple of years ago. I think we've got a process in place and we've got a plan and and we've communicated to the company. Um, it is good for business. Uh, it's good for our marketing partners and their agencies. And, and, and that's what we need to do. Um, in terms of like suppliers and, and people in the industry, boy, we have a long way to go there. And you and I have talked about this. I can't think of one of the companies that we work with that don't have multicultural desire to engage with customers and very often are working with a specialist agency around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But there aren't specialist programmatic agencies. So we've got to figure out a way to better connect with those. uh, Like, for example, the group and multicultural team here, we've talked to them about sort of the data assets we have, the data sets, how we create our whitelist. And we're getting, we're now working more closely with those specialist teams within the group um, to identify and deliver those audiences on uh, properties that are most relevant to them. Um, We all have, you know, different places we go for connections and community. and, And we have a lot of places that overlap as well. But... Let's find those, and then more importantly, let's make sure that we're engaging with folks on places that they find welcoming. Because if you're on a site, that context matters. If you trust a community and the content that's created from a website or an app, that goes a long way in in, in helping you sort of feel good about the marketer who's on that site or in that app, and you're, you're more likely to see that support as someone you want to support as well.
1: You know i have a question that i tend to ask uh all of my all of my guests on the podcast which is um which is completely separate from the business itself which is you know, what's your favorite album of all time and what's your favorite song that you're listening to now and why
2: so uh, my favorite album of all time is bruce springsteen's darkness on the edge of uh, town and it, it you know it was when the album came out, I was you know, a younger guy in high school, and I remember hanging out with my best friends, Rutherford Pascal and Steve and Billy Stone, a bunch of guys like driving around my town listening to this music, and the music spoke to us. It had meaning, and it, it, it sort of connected us to that, to that moment. So I, I, I still love that album. I love a lot of other albums as well, but there's something about um, that album that I, 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 it, I was coming of age. I was learning about myself and 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 trying to figure out what was important, and I didn't always get that right, but I loved the music and it spoke to me. Um, I start every morning uh, and you know I, I commute <laughs> I'm on the train I spend a lot of time uh, you mm-hmm. know with devices but uh, if you don't have that this downloaded and you're not listening to this uh, multiple times a week i I think you should i i my favorite, one of my favorite songs of all time is Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Nice. And it, it, it captures sort of how I wake up. I'm hopeful and optimistic every morning. And I go to bed hopeful and optimistic. And I'm not saying there aren't moments during the day that, you know, sort of try, are trying, but that, that's just who I am. And, and that, that song puts a smile on my face. I just, I really, my, one of my favorite songs of all time.
1: I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Matt Sweeney, CEO of Zaxxis. I'm Charles Keene, and you heard it here first.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast. If you have a topic or guest you'd like to hear in a future episode, let us know at marketingfutures at ANA.net. We're proud to announce that the Marketing Futures Podcast is now on Apple Podcasts, making it easy to subscribe and stay up to date on the latest episodes. For more on the future of programmatic and other trends, visit marketingfutures.ana.net.